Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. start episode 55 is with a cough Wait. <laughs> <laughs> holy crap it, it kind of sneezes it kind of it kind of sums up you know what everyone's been through the last couple yeah. of weeks right yes uh i'm off kilter welcome to episode 55 of the kaiju cast everybody Hello. and uh sitting with me here in the studio is jeff dean and heather brask my co-hosts yay Woo-hoo. and uh this is uh like i said episode 55 the very first episode of April 2012, and uh, we're going to be doing an Emerald City Comic Con wrap-up today, um, as normal, as normal, bleh, as we normally do on Zikaiju Cast. we play some music. We didn't have any requests this month, which is just fine, no problem at all, because I'm going to play some stuff that I want to hear, starting with the main theme from Monster Zero by the Weird Bukishima Society. That's the acapella stuff. <sighs> Oh, 
and the audiophiles in the audience will want to know that we started that off with the Monster Zero theme from the Weird Bukushima Society. Uh, that's the acapella stuff. And uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to where you can see all that music that they uh, they have. And um, then we follow that up with Rijiro Kuroku's Godzilla Ambushed from Godzilla Returns. And the last song was Operation One Million Volts 2 by Akira Fukube from King Kong vs. Godzilla. And we'll be talking a little bit about that a little bit more later, a little later in the show. And uh, But now we're going to talk about Emerald City Comic Con, which is where all of us were um, a couple of weeks ago, the last weekend of March, actually. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I had a really good time at the show. It's always always a good time. It was even bigger this year than it's been in the past. Yes. And uh, I think it really showed a lot on Saturday. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But uh, let's start off with Friday. What, uh, Jeff, when did you get to the show? I got there Saturday morning. So then I then, then shut up. So <laughs> I was, yeah, just keep my big mouth shut. Just wait a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But what? Okay. Little patience, my friend. Little patience. Heather, you were, at, you were at the show. We drove up together. We did. Thanks again for the ride. No problem. Appreciated it very much. Uh, really no problem, because I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thanking you specifically right. for sitting in front of me. Yes. Um, and then, so we got up there and checked into our hotel and headed out to the the show floor. And um, yeah, what, what was the first thing you guys did? I mean... Uh, well, let's see here. The first thing was that we... We separated, and Justin went to the exclusives mm. line, or tried tried to get into the exclusives line. I should say. It's all say. coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah, me too, actually, because that's. <laughs> but it was, uh, but the the exclusive line was was so big that they had actually already cut it off when he got there, and they said, "No, no, this is this is the end. You can come back, and we'll start letting other people in, but this isn't." And he kept doing that as a you know responsible person. And every time he came back, there were more people in the line that weren't there before. And they're going, no, this is the end of the line. He's going, why do I keep moving? Because none of these other people are, and they just keep jumping in. So yeah. I guess I'll do the same. But then, And I went to uh, Matthew Southworth's table. Oh, yes, yes, that's yes. right. Matthew Southworth is, uh, Southworth is the illustrator of Stumptown, which is a fantastic comic book that has nothing to do with superheroes and nope. it's set in portland oregon yes written by greg rucka very cool comic yes um and he had some uh, lovely well he had some lovely original art for me on saturday he didn't he uh you know he he lives in seattle so it's one of those like oh i can roll out of bed and go to this con and then he showed up and he had like nothing with him and he was like oh right <laughs> i've got this whole list of stuff that i was supposed to supposed to do today and whoops but but yeah so so that was that was our start to the con yeah, we kind of wandered around for a little bit and uh, tried to find people like you guys. Yeah. And uh, met up with some of my girlfriend's uh, buddies and hung out with them for a little while and then sort of just kind of wandered around. Um, and uh, I mean, this show for me is is what I like. about. I mean, I really like the Emerald City Comic Con because it is very much about comic books. And um, normally I couldn't care less about the media guests so much. This year was a little bit different because not only did they have um, George Takei there, which was very cool. Yes. Even though I did not meet him. Nope. Uh, they also had a whole bunch of voice actors, and I think those people are super awesome. 
Yeah. I didn't get anywhere near any of them. I did. Uh, because on Friday night, we went to this one panel called Movie Mashup, and they had, uh, God, I'm not going to know everybody, but uh, Maurice LaMarche and Ron Paulson and Tara Strong and Kevin Conroy and Jess Harnell, I think is how you say his name, and uh, Billy West and John DiMaggio. I may have done that. I may have done, you may have named put them everybody. I may have left somebody out, too, but... Not my fault. I don't have notes in front of me. Um, so we went to this thing called Movie Mashup where they read this. They had like scripts from movies and mm-hmm. um, all the characters, all the people on stage would then get assigned roles in there. Like so uh, in one script, one of their scripts was Princess Bride. And they'd say, OK, I want to hear uh, Princess Buttercup should be um, uh, Harley Quinn and... No, that's actually not right. <laughs> like, they did Fezzik from, uh, you know, the yeah. Fezzik as Harley Quinn. And um, I th- want to say uh, Fazzini as Stimpy. And it was pretty awesome. And, I mean, they just did a whole bunch of stuff like that. So there was some stuff from Silence of the Lambs in there, <laughs> which was pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun. And um, not only did we barely get into it, uh, which was awesome that we were able to get in. Like, literally, they said, we need we can only fit 20 more people in here, and you're going to have to stand at the back. And when the guy was counting, as I went past him, he I heard him say number 10. So wow. I was like, woo, I almost did not get into that one. Uh, which is crazy because, you know, people were lining up for this thing really early. So obviously bringing voice actors to the show was a good idea and it went over very well. Uh, and then because we were standing in the back, that's where they lined everybody up. And we literally did get next to everybody in that panel. Which, uh, which, which room did they put that in? Was it one of the bigger or was it? Well, they had, yeah, they had the three large rooms. One of them is the huge room um, for A. I think. Yeah. yeah, And then, uh, or 2A, I don't know, wherever it is. They, there's the big giant room. And then there are the two rooms that are almost, that are about maybe the half the size of that big giant room. Yeah. And so it was in one of those two rooms. It's the same one where we saw the DC Nation last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. And th- it was amazing. And it was so much fun to see. If I could have made it to every single voice actor panel that weekend, I would have done it. Yeah. Because it was a really cool to see i kind of went into that mode which i you know i i wish i didn't but i but i do with the cons where it's like i i go into it with the, with the intention of seeing like going to all these different panels and then i see the lines that start up for some of this stuff and i just go eh, i know not not worth it there's yeah. like there's so much else that i could be doing and seeing and i mean you can spend the whole weekend looking at all the tables and still not really see like everything that there is yeah yeah you really have to kind of pick and choose what you want to do and like especially when seeing the panels you know i mean it's just impossible to see all the panels when it's that busy too right i mean if you can if you can coordinate it with like groups of people and have people like tag team things and be like you know and so long as it's one of those scenarios where it's easy enough to get into that line because sometimes that is not something that can happen either but uh, then you can you know, you can really kind of have the opportunity to go to a lot of the panels, or if you're just incredibly lucky, like I think some people that we know ended up you know being you know, like, oh yeah, I went to like seven panels today. It's like how there's yeah. like not enough hours in the day to actually do that because of all the hours you have to spend in line for that. They're like, oh, I just walked in, 
Yeah. You know, so well, on Saturday, like, so we started off Heather and Justin and the lady and I and people you were with Heather yes. and Justin and uh, and her friends Angelique and Arthur. We all essentially went to the start started the day with Will Wheaton's Awesome Hour. Yes, which was ninety minutes this year because yes. he couldn't because <laughs> he couldn't fit all that awesome into into one hour. And it was, I mean, it was. That, I thought th- I thought that room was very well managed as far as the yeah. lines go. Like we got in line. Like remember we were texting and stuff. Yeah. And we got in line. I actually was afraid we weren't going to get in, but we had no problem getting in. There was plenty of seating. Mm-hmm. Um, and Angelique and Arthur, the ladies' friends, she uh, they stayed in that room all day long. Yeah. And they just basically they sat down for Will Wheaton and they stayed for the next seven panels. And I. Didn't want to do that. Right. I mean, and it's not, you know, some cons let you do that. Some don't. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sort of split on it. Like, but, but it's like, you know what, but if you're willing to stick your butt in that chair for that long, you know, if you're willing to actually just like go for it, I mean, I think you kind of earn the right to be there and, and in a room that big, I mean, it really shouldn't make that much a difference if you've got, you know, maybe a hundred people that want to do that, which I doubt there were even that many, but right. You know I, mean, I mean, how many, how many, did you go into that room, Jeff? The large gigantic well, room? I'm pretty, I, I have been in that room last year. I was there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm, mm-hmm. I believe didn't Will Wheaton say 3000 people. That's what I thought he said. Yeah, 3000 so, people in that room. Right. That's pretty amazing. And I mean, when I, for Will Wheaton's thing, it looked like there was extra seating, but not a lot. It just would have been towards the back. Yeah. I was going to say there. Yeah. I, I would honestly say that if there was extra seating there, it was only because people that got in towards the end of it were like, oh, I don't want to sit all the way at the back and just left. Oh, I, yeah. I'm maybe, pre- maybe. I am pretty certain there were more than 3,000 people there that wanted to see Will Wheaton because there always are because yeah. Will Wheaton is, you know... A, amazing at these things because you know he's one of the only people if not the only person that doesn't charge for his autograph oh right yeah which is just you know very cool i mean you you do have to pay if you want a photo or something with him which is fair um but you know the fact that he that he offers himself up just to be you know cool at these things so yeah i mean i had no problem the idea of staying in that panel room did not bother me i would have been okay with it um if if I had been interested in the panels, but you know, that's where they have all their big media guests. And I, you know, just what, you know, honestly, this sitting through a Stargate panel doesn't, doesn't interest me. I loved the walking dead show. That was a lot of fun this year. And, uh, they had Shane and Lori. Andrea. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah her, I think her real name is Lori. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. Confusing. Uh, and I just didn't really feel like I wanted to sit there and watch that either. So I decided to go out and, um, this is where I'm going to kind of voice some extreme frustration with the show. And Jeff, you and I were texting during this time, but um, we were trying to maybe sort of meet up and I was going to go to this. I wanted to go to this adventure time panel, which was right after Will Wheaton's thing. But when I walked out of the doors from Will Wheaton's panel, the line to get into the adventure time panel, which was in one of those small, big rooms, you know, went down the hallway, the main hallway, the main drag there, out the main doors and into the foyer where those escalators were. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting in that. Yeah. Which hopefully, hopefully they've recognized. I mean, this was the first time that they've ever, you know, had anything Adventure Time related because of the comic book uh, at the con. 
and you know I imagine that it'll it'll happen again and I would hope that they've learned their lesson and will put put some things voice actors adventure time stuff like that into the bigger rooms because obviously there was enough people I mean that line for just going and meeting the voice actors oh yeah was I mean just wrapping around they had all their little cordons set up and then it curled around the hall and back around to the other side and came back over and met the line again and wrapped around again I mean it was huge well I think for Saturday at least this year, they must have broke records for attendance. Oh, I'm sure they did. I mean, they do that every year. It gets bigger and bigger and yeah. better but every like, year. But this year was insane. Because was. Saturday, they they stopped people going up the escalator like midday. Yeah. yeah. That did but no, they did that in the beginning. They did that at the very beginning of the day. Yeah. Like before the, sh- before the actual show had actually started. Mm-hmm. Like Will Wheaton's panel had not started yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I guess that maybe an hour of the show was in, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. But mm-hmm. they... We came in through the back entrance because uh, our hotel actually sort of did this weird Shanghai tunnel kind of connection with the convention center. Mm-hmm. We walked in on the second floor instead of walking into the at the ground floor, and we were going to go down there and get you know breakfast before we went to the panel. Yeah. And we took a look at the base of the escalator, and we we're like, "What is going on there?" And there's no way we're heading down there. I mean, they basically it was like a giant herd of cattle at the base of the escalator and they weren't letting people up. Yeah, it's like the dealer room and where the, you know, artist where all the artists tables were. Yeah, the main on, hall floor. Yeah, yeah, the main hall was on Saturday so insanely packed. You couldn't even get to people's tables to look around. You know, I I honestly you know? only went through the main floor on Saturday maybe 3 or 4 times and I I spent a lot of time like outside of that that entire room. Yeah. But Saturday was Sunday was a lot more manageable right. for, it, for moving around and seeing what you wanted to see. Well, you get a lot of people that go for just Saturday, obviously, but there's people too that do like just Friday and Saturday. Right. Which, you know, Friday, I, and this happens to me every con, I always, you know, I see all the people with the three day pa- passes and I'm thinking, oh, this is really crowded. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of people here. I see a lot of three day badges. And then Saturday comes and you're in the throngs and you're shoulder to shoulder and you're getting ricocheted around. And you're going, and you're going, oh my God, I see so many. There's so, okay, it's okay. There's so many Saturday badges. That means tomorrow will be okay. Tomorrow will be okay. And then Sunday, you're back to your three-day badge people. And you're going, oh, this isn't, this isn't as bad as, as I thought it was, you know. And even though Friday you felt that it was really bad, it's like, oh, this is so much better compared to what yesterday was. Yeah, Friday and Sunday were definitely the most enjoyable days for me. Yeah, yeah. And that's just for, you know, the, the, the physically walking through the hall and looking at costumes and stuff like that, that it was much less insane for me on those two days. And Saturday, my what I was telling people was in between panels. So let's say, you know, about 150 <laughs> to like 205. The hall, the main drag uh, between those two big panel rooms and the sky bridge going into the main hall mm. was like just people exploding into that hallway and it was i had to sit there i was trying to get not from one end of the hall to the other end of the hall but from one side of that hall just to the other side a a space of about 20 feet right right and i had to basically like it was like i was in traffic there was a line that i was in there wasn't a line for a panel it was just a, a line of movement and it was like okay i need to get closer to that wall and 
I'm gonna go go now. Right. <laughs> like put my so, blinker on. And like, it's like right. merging. You're like, onto, oh, is this is like this merging, guy gonna let me over? <laughs> it's like merging onto like an LA freeway. Yeah. yeah, it was it was insane. But at the same time, I I always appreciate how Emerald City has uh, not just gotten bigger, but also improved their programming. And mm-hmm. um, I understand they were a little ill-equipped to deal with the lines. I I have a pretty negative story about that, and I could go into that. Yeah, I'm going to go into it. I was going to say, I don't think I've heard it, so I... Okay, so uh, the the panels in that small big room uh, started with Adventure Time, mm-hmm. when I when I paid attention, started with Adventure Time, and then went to Batman, like 20 years of animated oh, series yeah. thing. That was another one that was on my list that I... Yeah, me too, me that too. That I watched the announcement come and go. I was like, I'm not getting anywhere near that. Yeah, and then that followed up with the Futurama one. The Futurama one is the one I really wanted to see because I love Billy West and John DiMaggio. And right. seeing them on stage talking about the show, I would have, like, died. Right. Gone to heavens. Yeah. Um, so this is when Jeff and I were texting each other. And basically, what I, I saw the line for Adventure Time, and I'm like, I'm going to chill, just wait. And I got some food, hung out. And as soon as the Adventure Time line went in, I went and checked. And I'm like, oh, I'm wrong. The next one is Batman. <clears throat> the line for Batman was crazy as well. But it wasn't as bad. Was it as, already happening yes, at that point? Yeah. yeah. And so, well, Batman was not already happening. Batman was next. So that I, Well, I mean, I, the line for it was the line The line for was, yeah, was, for yeah. sure. And then when it was time for Futurama, uh, when Batman was seeding, when they were starting to seed people for Batman, I was like, oh, quick, I'm going to check this out now. Mm-hmm. Went down the line from the front of the room, because there's two entrances to, each, to the rooms. And I was like, you get in line for Futurama? Yep, Futurama, Futurama. Okay. And then at one point, it was like, what are you in line for? They're like, Batman, Batman. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, here's here's the end of my line, I guess. Guy comes out and goes, okay, Batman's full. We're not seating for Batman. Who's in line for Futurama? Just asks everybody. <laughs> like, all the hands went up. And I was like, oh, I see how it is. I see. Right. And then They're like, about, well, I guess if I can't get into Batman. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. then five feet away from that doorway, the guy, a green shirt guy, comes up and says, I am the end of the line because we can't have anybody else lining up out here. So like that big giant line that extended out into the escalator area. They're like, we're not doing that. We can't do that. Yeah. So they had this, I don't know, let's just say a couple hundred people like trying to get into that room and then they stopped it. And at some point, I don't know how many people were actually in that line, but I was like, you are not going to fill that room with the amount of people that are in this line. And what about all these people who are already in line? They want to, they want to see this panel. And the guy was like, I look, man, I don't know. You know, this is, I'm just doing what I'm told. So I understand that, you know, mostly it's volunteers and they're being told something and they're trying to enforce that. But the lines on Saturday really needed to be managed. And I I just want Emerald City Comic Con to step up next year and be ready for that. Right. Well, and, and like I said, that's one of those things that it's like, it's tricky. That's like, I have mixed, I've mixed feelings on it much in the way that I do like, you know, the people that plant themselves in a panel room for all day you know it's the same thing it's like well on the one hand like if somebody wants you know if what they really want to do for their con is you know sit or stand for 12 hours to be the first person in that line I mean I you know I can't really fault them for that because like I understand that like level of you know I can appreciate that but at the same time 
you know, it kind of it kind of sucks when it's, you know, you want to try and do as many things as you can. Yeah. And you can't do those things because of all those people that have planted themselves. And they're like, oh, I'm in I'm in line for tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and no, like, I mean, I was <sighs> exactly I was I was willing to wait in line for a full hour to get into the right. Futurama panel. And when they essentially said, no, you can't stand in a line because this line, I'm the end of the line and there's no one else allowed to line up after me right here the volunteer and you're, and you're like the panel's not for another exactly. hour and a half what exactly. do you mean well it wasn't an hour and a half for but, me it was but, an hour but it's same yeah. thing like just well it's like you we all down we downloaded the the app that that right, they have yeah. for it and you know and they have the reminders that you can have set and the longest reminder you can have set not saying that it's like their responsibility to tell me when these things happen right but if the longest if the longest reminder you can have set is an hour then you ought to be able to go to a thing when your reminder goes off and actually have a chance to see it. Oh, yeah. And there's just no chance of that. Yeah. No. And I mean, for me, yeah. my biggest issue was uh, at that at that exact point when the guy was like, "This, I'm the end of the line, and then I'll stop talking about this. My, my, my problem was that I started getting really frustrated and, and kind of angry because I really wanted to see the Futurama panel, and I, I had to make the decision internally okay, I can either try and stand around here and get more angry about this, or I can just bail on the idea of going to see this panel, which I did, and spend time being happy at the con, which is what I really wanted to do anyway. Right, which, you know, we are are speaking kind of negatively on this subject, and it's, you know, and it's it's fair and it's true, and and all of this is true. Uh, But, you know, ultimately, like, things that, tend to get me excited about going to the cons are, you know, I see the list, like I see the list of all these people and I'm like, oh my God, and that person and that person, that person this is going to be awesome. And then I go and I don't actually do any of that and I still have an amazing time because right. there is so much other stuff. And I guess, you know, ultimately they know that when they set this up that it's like people will come for the names, but they will stay because it's a wonderful con and they will come back year after year because of that. And maybe, you know, re, you know, reformulate their plans to try and make those other things happen but ultimately once again even if you don't it's still a wonderful con yeah and i just want i mean i would hope that at some point this kind of information gets back to emerald city not just from me but from anybody else that experienced it and they just say okay we're planning next year we really have to do a better job of managing the lines for those two panel rooms right they're really not very uh Con- where they're placed is not conducive to having a good line, unfortunately. Right, yeah. and it yeah. it may be it may be a matter of the con outgrowing the space the that they have. Actually, you know what sucks about that? I I looked at the convention center because I was yeah I was kind of worked up about it. I looked at uh, the website for the convention center, and they have another like two floors. Oh no! But you can't you can't get to them as like a as a as an attendee of the convention. There's no easy way to get up there. Oh. I think the only way for us to get up there would be elevators. Right. That would be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah you have just like yeah, that would just be with as many people as they have there. Yeah. That would be death. Would, yeah. yeah, my first reaction was like, "Oh, why aren't they using these two extra floors?" And then I was looking for the escalators to go up there and I'm like, "Oh, that's not going to happen. There's no. no way." Yeah. You'd have huge lines waiting to use the elevators. Exactly. Yeah. No, you would just have crushing death and in the es- <laughs> in the elevators. They'd be like, "Well, uh, we're going to cancel the panels because we got to we got to clear out the yeah. the geek squish that's in there from from 
Well, I'm sorry. I said <laughs> yeah. geek squish. Geek and that's, squish. that's upsetting. But, you know, there was like one little skinny guy in the back corner that got yeah. you know, pushed in with all these other people. And, and that we many, never saw him again. That many geeks and nerds shoved into an elevator, you'd never get the smell out. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You know, I love Rick. I don't want to get in an elevator with him in his Wookiee costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, a little bit about Sunday. What did you guys do on Sunday at the show? What did I do Sunday? Uh, oh, I know what I did Sunday. Uh, Sunday was pretty much completely dedicated to the Monsters and Dames book. Monsters oh. and Dames. What a great book this year. Too. Amazing. This yeah, year they made it, really was they made awesome. it larger. Is well, it was the anniversary. The, yeah, 10th anniversary. Yeah, 10th anniversary of Emerald City. So it was a big book. And they did it smarter this year because they actually they they actually went to the the list of people that they had for Artist Alley. They did it they did it the opposite way that they've done it in past years and they said, "Hey, all these people that are actually going to be there, would you like to contribute to our book?" And they said, "Yes, yes we would." Nice. As opposed to when they what they usually do, which is send out a bunch of requests to artists and say, "Would you like to contribute to this book?" And then some of those artists come to the show, some don't. So, it worked out a lot better for those of us that actually want to meet and love this stuff and go, "I would like to see what else this person has." Right, right. So, it makes that book more profitable for the people in it too. Yeah. And also, Sunday's like a big day. I did the same thing Heather did was get my book signed by some of the people that were there and then go by and, you know, get that last minute merchandise you can haggle the guys down. <laughs> nice. Do, do you haggle people when you do this, man? Once in a while I do. Yeah. I'll just say like, hey, will you take this much? Depending on what it is, you know, because, nice. you know, some yeah. people are going to say like, I'll say, hey, will you take, if something's like a hundred bucks, will you take 80? And he might say 90. Right on. Very or cool. whatever. But. <laughs> so uh, what's the coolest thing you got from the show this year, Jeff? I think the coolest thing I got is my Emperor Palpatine robe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jeff got the bathrobe. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've been the Sith bathrobe. Sith right? bathrobe. Uh, yes. Are you so, going to be rocking that at? Um, oh, Lebowski. Bowski? Yeah, Cinco de Lebowski. I should, huh? You really should. You really should. Get, and bring a white Russian in. You don't have to bring yeah, a white Russian, to... in. Russian in. You can buy them there. Yeah, they okay. they sell they sell white Russians. What there. about you, Heather? Well, I know. I think I know what the best thing you got was. Well, was the best the artwork. Right? I was going to say, was yeah. the best thing I got the artwork, or was the best thing that I got the free T-shirt from Matthew Southworth because he's awesome. It might. I don't know. That's up to you. It's kind of both. <laughs> it's your kind call. Of both. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I. Yeah. Yeah. My my awesome. experience of of con buying this year was I limited myself to three prints personally. That didn't work for. <laughs> it totally worked for me. I loved it because... Um, Except we didn't set a limit, so oh, yeah. later we were like, why is the tube full? <laughs> <laughs> See, if I had not set a limit, I probably would have had a real problem because there was a, I felt like there was a lot more uh, artwork from, from artists I, I know and love. And so this year, I was like, okay, three prints, that's it. Uh, I bought something from the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, which is a Conan the Barbarian print. Um which is drawn by Becky Cloonan, an artist I really love. Awesome. And, uh, oh, man, what was the second thing I got? Anyway, I got two other prints. One of them, I was, I was planning on getting this Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and uh, Harley Quinn print, which is a Gotham City Sirens print, I guess, because it was gorgeous. And I did not end up getting it because by the time I got to their table... Those guys had already left. And I'm batting my eyelashes yeah. and smiling Luckily, at Kyle. Cause lucky for me, I don't have to go very far if I want to see it because Heather got it. That's mm. right, I did, man. And honestly, like, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I've never 
well, I, I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like prints were were quite reasonable. You know, like I, yeah. I never, I never approached a table where I was interested in buying something that I felt like it's a little steep for a print. There's dude. only a couple of artists that I've had that experience right. with. One of them is Adam Hughes, um, and you know, honestly, that's because he can charge that money for. He can yeah. charge fifty dollars for a print, and people are going to buy it. I can't, right. but other people can. Right, and those people are going to enjoy it. Exactly. You know, I've got a couple of Adam Hughes pieces, and I'm really happy to have them, um, but. For me, it's more about like finding the subject matter that I really like. And so, oh, actually, one of the prints I got, we were walking through the show and I looked down at this table that I just happened to be standing next to. It, and I'm like, oh, cool. There's a Red Fang print there, like just a show print from, from a show here in Portland. And I love Red Fang. And I was like, eh, I'm just going to buy that. And so I did. And it's uh, it I it's actually not a weird size, so I can go buy a frame for it nice. <laughs> and hang it up. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really nice. It's gonna be real nice. One thing we shouldn't forget about is the Kaiju Cast dinner on Saturday night. No, I definitely wanted to talk about that, and that's actually a fantastic segue, Jeff. Way to go! Yes. Uh, so we had uh, I put out the call on Facebook and said we're gonna be and on the on the show we're gonna be gonna be doing a Kaiju Cast listener party at the tap house um on saturday night after pretty much after the show and um yeah we did that we had god we had like 15 people there most of the most of the people there to be perfectly honest were my friends and, and co-hosts and co-hosts uh significant others or i guess Je- that's a, not you jeff <laughs> alex didn't I, come but i didn't know i no. did I, I sat next to martin <laughs> i sat next to martin too and jen and so it was a let's see let's see if i can do this it Uh-oh. was me lady kyle you gonna do this yeah okay. uh angelique and arthur her friends uh then it was andrew andy and cody which were two listeners that came to the show and then came to dinner with us then it was nick the hat and his wife denise i think i've already lost track and then it was i want to say you and kind of justin yeah. <laughs> and then Jeff and Martin and Jen. Yes. I think I I that's think it. I named everybody. I think that's yeah. everybody. And if I if I miss somebody, apologies. But uh yeah, we had a big long table. I had a really good time. Not everybody had a really good time, obviously. He's pointing at me. Uh I'm gesturing towards gesturing. you. Gesturing. Yeah, sorry. Not a point. That Pointing's rude. Pointing Heather. is rude. Uh yeah. I had a really good time though. And, and Mike I, I Mike Russell showed up. That's you know, right. Later that's right. later in the evening. Uh, at one point, uh, Heather and Justin had taken off, and uh, Martin and Jen had taken off. I think Angelique and Arthur had taken off. So it was just you, Jeff, and me. Were you around when Mike showed up? No, I, w- I was already gone. Okay. The, pro- the problem with with uh, Con- and I and I shouldn't you know I shouldn't leave this other thing that I did out too. I just realized, and then you continue about the glory of the dinner. But um, the problem with con weekends is you know as much as any weekend it seems in in portland as well is that everything is always happening at the same time because there's always so many things happening and uh and the night of the dinner was the night of the costume contest which is one thing emerald city still hasn't quite gotten down although i think they did a better job this year with filling the time in between with uh they had costume karaoke and they had like trivia questions. They were giving away prizes to people answering trivia, even if they weren't answering it right. People were still getting a prize. Nice. And <laughs> and, uh, and and they did. Uh, you know, they they. I think they did it better. I think they just still need to work on like the quality of it overall. But 
Um, but so, you know, and we, Justin and I just have this thing. We just, you know, even if it's like a terrible costume contest, we love going to the costume contest. It's like one of our, you know, the book and the costume contest are like our things that we love to do at it. Yeah. So it, you know, overlapped with the dinner. And, and so we, we did both. And by both, I mean, Justin had a soda at the dinner and then, and then left and, and I had an hour long cheesecake, but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that was the, why I gestured towards you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. But the but the other thing that I'm leaving out of my of my weekend is Friday night, um, Crackle Fest at Hard Rock. Oh right, yeah, which, yeah. How was that? Was it was it... it was great, honestly. Like the well, the sound was so awful, but um, but we sat for like the better part of the show actually in the back. Like you you've been there, so you know how yeah. it's set up, and you know the bar is kind of like freestanding in the room, and yep, then the yep. stage area is in front of that. Well, there's. T- there's tables like behind the bar like up against the windows and we were actually in like the far corner because when we got there we got there early yeah and it was already full okay and uh and we were like well we're just gonna eat here and we went up and we managed to snag a table that still had you know all the dirty dishes and everything all over it and we were like we don't care sit bars nice, nice. but being in that far corner the sound was actually like immensely better and we did eventually get up and go because then uh, the double clicks and Martin and some folks showed up and they were up front in the noisy seats. But and we wanted to hang out with them. So yeah, we, we gave yeah. and we we're like, well, we know the songs. We know what it sounds like now, you know, so so we can we can go up there. But the sound is just awful in that place. <laughs> and Adam Warrock actually said himself the next day when we were talking to him, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I offended that sound guy. So I think from that point on, I was just kind of SOL. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. And it's actually too bad. I didn't even end up going to that because my Friday night plans fell through oh. and we ended up just literally lounging around in the hotel room, looking through the monsters and dames book and going, I like this guy and this guy, I'm going to get the signature here and the signature here. And then I had a list. Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a whole lot of fun. It was a, uh, for those that aren't, familiar it's uh kirby crackle and uh and and it's a show he puts on because he's from seattle and he usually starts his tour and ends his tour in seattle and this was the end of his tour and he'd been touring with adam warrock and then they had uh marion call there oh cool yeah cool and that was the first time i've actually seen her perform which i've heard her a bit but but she was fantastic nice nice and cool. uh and then the double clicks were there and so um uh, just to enjoy the show but they also, you know, did some tour with, they did, you know, a couple shows with them. And uh, and so they got up on stage with them too and, and played along for a while, which was really awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I'm sad I missed it. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe next year. Um, but back to the listener party. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so eventually some people took off and uh, it was a smaller group of people and we kind of just consolidated and Mike Russell from... Uh, uh, Court and Fat Boys fame and um, Sabretooth Vampire, Vampire fame and the Oregonian fame and of culturepulp.com showed up and uh, hung out and basically just uh, marveled at our <laughs> our nerding out over Godzilla and it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a lot of fun. I'm absolutely doing that every time I go to a con from now on. So yeah, and that venue I thought was you know. I mean, having a big table like that was perfect. We kind of sat there for like about five hours. We were there. Uh, yeah, we left there at one o'clock, and we started. We were at supposed like to seven, start at seven. 
730. Yeah. yeah the time like I got seated, I guess, was closer to 8, probably. But. Yeah, yeah. They apologized for that. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I loved, ha- I loved the large selection of beers, I must say. It yeah, was that good was, stuff. That, that was pretty nice. Um, anyway, uh, thanks again to everybody that came out to that, and especially Cody and uh, Andy. That was really cool meeting you guys. And drove all the way from... Canada, th- eh? Yeah. Thir- yeah. 13-hour drive. That's right. That's and, dedication. Yeah. And um, and actually, we're going to be playing an interview uh, with them, and that's probably a, a great place for us to do this right now. So uh, this is um, what I recorded with uh, Andy and Cody at the at the Emerald City Comic Con 2012. So I'm, I'm at Emerald City Comic Con, you guys, and I'm sitting here with two listeners who came to the listener party because they're awesome. And uh, not only they're awesome, they're Canadian. Hi. So that's Cody. <laughs> and we have Andy as well. How's it going, eh? Yeah. Hey, so totally, eh? <laughs> so uh, how, how are you guys liking the Emerald City Comic Con? Uh, it's been a blast. This is my first con experience ever. Oh, it's, wow, really? Oh, yeah. Holy. Nice. It's been a blast. Cool. Yeah. So uh, what, what was it, what's your best, best story from the con this year? Uh, well, uh, partying with, uh, G fans last night at Tapworks. Oh, well, that, awesome. that works. That's good. I wasn't <laughs> fishing for that, but I'll take it. <laughs> oh, that was, the, that was the reason I came down. Are you kidding me? Nice. <laughs> and then as a bonus, Cody, you got some, some killer art. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, at first off, I found this, uh, Godzilla Megaguirus poster from this stand that was selling like. Ultraman and Godzilla and, and Japanese stuff like Battle Royale posters and everything. So I got one of those, those ten bucks, just like print size, but it's it's really nice. And also I got a commission from Ryan Otley, the artist who does Invincible Comics, the Robert Kirkman book. I got a commission uh, Leonardo from him, which was fantastic. So and it is definitely fantastic. Oh my god, I love it. Very nice. Nice. So uh, so thank you guys for coming out last night. I had a really fun time. We went to the Tap House Grill. We had uh, some food. We had some drink. Yeah, and there was a lot of people. I think there were fourteen people yeah. showed up, like friends yeah. of yours and stuff M- like most, that. So. Most of them, I will admit publicly <laughs> on the podcast, that most of those fourteen people were my friends. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> most of those people were from from uh, from Portland. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I had a blast, and had a blast. I don't even know. Do you guys know what time we left? Because one a.m. was it one a.m.? So we were there from seven thirty to one a.m. Yeah. And I think we're about seven pints. Yeah. into it. Yeah, I think that was probably my biggest uh, restaurant bill in a long time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I drank a lot. That's funny. Yeah. See, I don't drink, so I had a lot of soda, you had a lot as of you soda. Americans call it. <laughs> free or pop. Re- some people yeah, call pop. it pop. Some okay. people call it... Uh, free refills is awesome. Yeah, free refills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Godzilla. Yes. Yeah, that's well, probably why, you know, you guys like uh, the giant monsters and so forth. What... Uh, Andy, since you're sitting across from me, I'm kind of staring into your beautiful brown eyes. <laughs> let's talk about your favorite creature from the Godzilla verse, or even the Gamera movies too. Oh, favorite one. Uh, it'd be hard to choose. I'm partial to Titanosaurus. Nice. I think just because I was, you know, big dinosaur nerd. Nice, nice. Growing up, just to have a monster with a saurus at yeah. the end of it, it drew me to him. But I just, I liked sort of at the time, you know, I had Gigan and Megalon and, you know, hook hands and drill bit hands and so it was cool just to sort of go back to something you know, that's a just giant a, a monster. normal monster yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i really like that very cool so how do you feel about gorosaurus i like gorosaurus as well this kangaroo kick kangaroo kick Love yeah that guy does some damage 
Yeah. <laughs> Cody, what about you? Favorite monster? Uh, I think we for, talked a little bit about this last night. Yes. Yeah. Godzilla would definitely be Destroya. Destroya is like hands down one of the best kaiju designs I've ever seen in in a movie. And I, I mean, I, I know I only have the Paramount release, which is that really bad dubbed version, but I still love watching it just for that end battle with Godzilla and Destroya is just like some of the best kaiju battles I've ever seen in yeah. the big screen. Yeah. Plus, I really like Iris from the uh, Gamera, from Gamera 3. 3. Yeah, like yeah. That is a really cool kaiju design and stuff, and that end battle with Gamera and, and, and Iris fighting and everything is just fantastic. And then I'm a, I'm a really big Mechagodzilla fan. Yeah. I love all the Mechagodzilla stuff. And I just think Mechagodzilla is such a great villain for Godzilla. Like we were saying last night, it's like the bizarro Godzilla. So yeah. I just I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, you guys that didn't come out, you missed out because we Big had time. a blast. Shame on you. Yeah, Nothing. I mean, I traveled 13 and a half hours to come and hang out. I don't know why <laughs> nobody... What's your guys' excuse? <laughs> well, uh, I have to say, like, um, it was. it's always fun to just talk about Godzilla with people and especially talking about Godzilla with big fans. And it's just... You don't get to do that. I don't get to do that in my daily life. I mean... Everybody around me gets to hear about it anyway, and they're, you know, for the most part, they're either casual, super casual fans, or they're just, you know, they, they tolerate, they tolerate yeah. it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, being able to sit there and just wax poetic with yeah. other people and, you know, talk about what they like, great. what they hate, yeah. and what, you know, how you felt about this movie, and, you know, what what went wrong with this film and you know what's your who's your favorite director and all that kind of stuff like that last was, night was amazing. so cool like just chilling out with you guys and talking godzilla and it's so nice to actually be able to sit down with fans yeah. and talk i mean my wife tolerates it she loves this kind of stuff but because when you become a fan and you're a fanatic your wife or sib or like significant other they kind of always just like that's cool yeah. but they're just like yeah, you yeah, take yeah. it a little too far this you know and and it's cool to like meet people and you can sit down and talk and and like you were saying as oh, a lot yeah. of your friends are kind of casual fans or they're like oh i've seen godzilla or i know of godzilla but they that's their extent yeah no, i know of it so. and i don't know anybody who likes godzilla yeah barely to tolerate you know me wearing a godzilla shirt oh man so uh, to hang out with other people like last night i was the first time i've actually talked to other people who could talk back to me about yeah. it cool so it was cool. yeah, it was it was a blast it was it's great. cool that this is your first convention too and you got to come down and yeah. meet like godzilla fans yeah. and actually i mean this is a huge convention it was, i was not expecting it, the, yeah. the crowds yesterday was, oh man the, this place was so busy yeah so busy and Ridiculous. uh we were talking about like when when is it a good idea and not a bad idea to w try and walk through the convention hall and it's yeah. like clearly in between panels is like the death zone. Oh yeah, it's like, the worst it's ever. Like it's freeway, like, four yeah, lane, totally get caught <laughs> interstate. In. I literally had to do that thing where like wait for people to pass, free spot, get yep. over, wait for people to pass, <laughs> free spot, get over, yep. like to just literally walk five or six feet like laterally. And know? it would literally take you. 20 minutes to get from one little corner to the next which normally would take you all of half a minute to walk across yeah, like, totally, it was ridiculous. totally. Yeah. but uh, great show I mean I, I was a little bummed that Phil Hester wasn't going to be here yeah. this year he, I don't know if I told you guys this um, he had um, a, f a family commitment that he had to had to attend to mm -hmm. so he was on the list of people to be here and um, I invited him to the, to the uh, dinner but unfortunately <laughs> we'll have to do that some other time with, with Mr. Hester yeah yeah. Uh, so, dude, what do you guys want to talk about? We got uh, probably about fifteen minutes. We can we can well, wax here. I don't know. I mean, favorite moments or movies, Godzilla stuff for you guys? Like, 
I mean, I know my stuff, but yeah. I mean, I kind of know yours, <laughs> Kyle, because of listening yeah, yeah, to the I podcast. Talk to, I talk about it a lot, though. So, well, what about? Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about that favorite favorite moment in a giant monster film. Oh, I'm starting. Oh, it's ahead. my question. I'm starting. Yeah. Okay. I gotta think. You, you, you have an answer ready. <laughs> I can tell. Well, there are a couple. Like I, I got to see Godzilla 2000 in theaters, which was one of the first times I ever got to see a kaiju film in theaters. Because, and I mean, it was the crappy dubbed version and everything, but it, just seeing it in theaters was amazing. Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, and and of Category. course, yeah, and of course, me seeing. The, the American one in theaters which was a travesty in my eyes and then getting to see an actual kaiju like rubber suited movie in theaters yeah. it was amazing like it literally made me the happiest person on the planet to get to see it Very and it cool. was it was kaiju like it was Godzilla fighting against another giant monster and that was exactly what I wanted in to see yeah. a giant monster movie in the theater so that was like a huge big moment in my Godzilla fandom to see actually see a movie like that in the in the big screen and stuff so yeah. that's awesome that's so i guess uh the one that uh, sort of springs to mind is uh, godzilla 1985 which is the first godzilla kaiju movie i'd ever seen nice. and when it's sort of you, the camera's going into the the power plant oh, and the guy yes, walks yes. out and it slowly pans up yeah. like i still like that's the first time i had ever seen you know godzilla in a movie and i it that yeah. really holds up, I think, as, as awesome. a good yeah. entrance. 1985, that's like the first actual Godzilla film I ever saw. Yeah, same. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. This, for some reason, the area where I grew up did not show Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. They showed stuff like Spectre Man and Space Giants. Right. And so, you know, I talked to a whole bunch of other fans, and they're like, oh, yeah, I loved watching the Creature Double Feature on yeah. Saturday and afternoon. And that I never had that growing that up. Was, so, yeah. That um, had all gone away by the time that I was watching tv you know, wow. that was gone that was like done my, my mom and i when i was really little we used to do like godzilla marathons and yeah. we would rent like everything you could rent so mothra and rodan and yeah. destroy all monsters and we would just go from saturday until sunday nice. non-stop godzilla <laughs> stuff so when i hear people like 1985 was the first one i saw i'm like that was probably like the 10th movie yeah. i'd seen in <laughs> There's a baby crying. Sorry, yeah. hates Godzilla. Yeah, maybe can't stand Godzilla. Yeah, he's like, I hate you, Canadians. <laughs> I want you guys to talk about Gamera. Yeah. He's babies. the friend to all children. What yeah. do babies know? What do babies? Nothing. Know. Nothing. Whole lot of nothing. A anyway, lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you saw Godzilla in 1985, and you said you just, that was the tenth one. Oh yeah, easily. I saw that. I guess when it first came out on VHS in '86, yeah. I guess. Oh man, um, yeah. And then I didn't see another one for maybe ten years. Whoa! And like I had, you know, read about Godzilla and those. Uh, do you remember the the, the orange Crestwood? monster books they had like a whole bunch with like king kong and godzilla and yes yeah. i seem to i think i've seen those yeah. but i never i don't think i ever saw them in the wild yeah. until like after i was a big godzilla yeah. Fan. yeah so that book was pretty much my only sort of link to the movies wow. and then uh, i guess when i was 16 or so i saw godzilla versus megalon and i had no idea like oh you know cool you know i can finally rent this and watch a godzilla movie yeah. and i popped it in and i was like oh Maybe I'm not a fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, no, that uh, was a terrible movie and almost uh, killed it all for me. <laughs> See, I... Sorry, everybody is waving bye to us. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> um, I actually... 
and I'm, I guess I'm sad to say this, but I'm actually really excited for the Media Blasters release of that. Yeah. I'm like super stoked for it just because it, this will be the first time I've been able to own it on DVDs. So because yeah. I've only ever had a v- crappy VHS copy. I, yeah. I don't think the movie's good enough to buy a bare bones. I will wait. Right, yeah. For a Blu-ray with special, I would buy special features for the special features. I, you know, I don't care if I ever see a movie again. I just don't know if with Toho and their kind of thing with Media Blasters with Destroy All Monsters, I don't know if there will be a Blu-ray that'll come out. Look at how long it's taken for the D- barebone DVD release. So, well, I mean, the barebone DVD. I think the 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 thought process behind the barebone DVD is like, if if Toho's not going to approve the special features for that for that disc they have to approve the the just nothing but the film i mean it's yeah they don't have to i mean they could say hey we want something better than this but you know they they want their money media blasters wants to sell it so they can get money and recoup the money that they've already put into it i'm sure but uh i mean i i i hope that the only problem they had with the destroy all monsters release was that the aip dub on that was sort of choppy in the first like 20 minutes of the film but i could see that the, that if that is the case i and it, it was released like that i could see toho being like i don't like the release yeah. and i don't want anything else like they could do a bare bone dvd release but if it comes down to blu-ray again toho could be like no because the last blu-ray you guys did wasn't up to our standards yeah well i think that's what they're yeah and i think that's what they're dealing with now yeah and i don't, I don't know if it's like they said well we didn't like the destroy all monsters release and because of that like we're holding it up um i really do want to get uh uh galbraith on the show so i can talk to him about his experience he he did the commentary right, of a yeah. lot of the um the, well the stuff that's actually not getting onto the disc because they have to release the bare bones and just kind of pick his brain about what he thinks happened and just i'm very interested in in because of uh, you know you get to a point when you're a fan of these movies you know you kind of know the movies inside and out oh, and yeah. you want to know you start want to start looking at them even closer at the inside part of it and like yeah. this is something new like uh, you know so many people already know about all the actors and so forth but this is this is kind of like a in a sense it's sort of like Godzilla news it's like a brand new development and it's very interesting and like nobody has any kind of grasp on what the problem is with the DVD or with the Blu-ray release exactly, so yeah. it's interesting that's what's in- interesting to me about it I, I want them to come out I mean I want I would much rather buy like a nice Blu-ray oh, yeah. Than, yeah. than the bare bones DVD so would I I mean don't yeah. get me wrong I'm not saying that I would rather just have some low grade DVD release but honestly I'm I don't want to hold my breath yeah I don't oh, yeah. want to like wait and not buy it and wait another 10 years yeah. and then be like oh I guess it's never coming out yeah. again like it or like we've been waiting this long for this to yeah. come out or so. hold out and then media blasters and Toho will say well oh, nobody bought that so I should release anything else exactly. so, uh, you know you almost feel obligated to buy it you know let media blasters and let toho and let everybody know that you know i have money and i want to buy godzilla stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and that's and that's why i mean getting back to what you're talking about like right there like supporting things with your wallet and you know that's why i buy pretty much anything that comes out godzilla related wise unless it's literally something i just can't get behind like there's some toys that came out recently that i don't really don't really enjoy the look of them they're kind of like meh so 
but that's toys. That's not the movies. The movies yeah, and, need and honestly, attention, really. Honestly, the toys, like the, the company that's putting the toys out will get majority of the funding to make other toys with that anyway. So you voting with your wallet just makes them either not make crappy toys or honestly make better looking toys. So. Right, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, wait, we heard uh, favorite monsters. Yeah. We heard Cody's favorite moment. And your favorite moment as well. Yours was the watching 1985. 1985 for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what about your favorite director? Who's who's your, uh, if you, because, you know, most of the directors, with some small exceptions, have gone on to do more than just one Godzilla film. So, like, which directors do you enjoy their stuff most? I, it's you know cliche to say but I, Honda like Ishiro Honda not just for his Godzilla work but just sort of the whole universe that he made with you know Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan and like everything that you know we have as Godzilla fans I think sort of started with him absolutely you know, to say you know and not that the, you know yeah <laughs> there, <laughs> are other, other, there are other, other good ones for sure yeah ones. but and, I mean there's no denying it Honda has a, a giant foothold yeah. on on what it what it takes to make a great Godzilla or just giant monster or even science fiction movie yeah. for that matter. Latitude Zero. Latitude Zero. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that he wasn't involved with that. <laughs> I don't I I don't want to butcher a name, so I don't I I don't know you probably be able to pronounce it better the the director who did um the Gamera trilogy and then oh, Shusuke Kaneko. Shusuke Kaneko? Yeah. Shusuke. Shusuke? Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to butcher it and be like, come out and sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about and be like all fumbling over words and everything. Poser. So. <laughs> yeah, poser, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not Japanese, so I didn't want to come out and and look very like. <laughs> no, dude, it happens. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Kaneko. Kaneko. Yes, Kaneko definitely, because honestly, the Gamera trilogy is some of my favorite giant monster movies of all time so and 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 like the the all-out monster attack movie is just i mean we get godzilla with where where you're in the middle of the millennium series and they change the costume design which is like it's like unheard of when you literally when you're doing a bunch like if you look at the heisei series the costume is very similar throughout the entire thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And you, you look at the Millennium series, and it it starts off as one thing, and then right in the middle they change it. Yeah. And it was a very like a weird kind of take, and it's so throwbacking to the old school Godzilla and stuff. And I really like those kind of movies where they throw back and they kind of take from the older stuff and everything. And plus, that movie was just loads of fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Ed- Huge yeah. fan of Kaneko. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, just I, the the tone of that movie. Yeah. I think was I, oh, I I appreciated that. Honestly, the tone and the dark humor in it is yeah. just like there's a lot of stuff where uh, like Godzilla, you either most people either laugh at it because it's cheesy or they see it's cheesy or it's very serious. Yeah. And with that movie, there was a lot of comedy mixed in and within. I had such a great time watching it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I. As as uh, many people know, I'm a huge fan of Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, Island Attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what uh, what do you guys want to see in like as the next outing for Godzilla? Do you guys want to see like an America, the Legendary Pictures group, like create something cool, or would you rather have Toho create another? I honestly, I would. Uh, I think I would like to see the Legendary first. Okay. I I sort of 
I get that you know eventually Toho is gonna give me another Godzilla movie. Yeah, but I just we I hope feel fingers like, crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what, I mean. That's what I was saying last yeah. night. Like we want it to happen, and yeah. I think some, you know people in Toho probably want it to happen. But yeah. they've been making their um, they've been making their own movies and doing fairly well, I think, recently. So they yeah. might not have a reason financially to create another Godzilla film until they really get somebody in there that knows what they're doing and i mean i i really want to see a, a japanese yeah. film as well with you know a, a perfect blend between cgi and suitmation and yeah. just, you know get somebody to get it right and i think i think they will eventually it's just yeah, one of those things where I, like right now i'm more concerned with um Oh, with this garbage movie yeah, passes. More concerned with the garbage guy going past us. Yeah. We have babies and garbage, and so rude. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we're definitely live from Emerald City, California, yes. guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, to me, I I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Legendary Pictures yeah. can do. But and I've I just been I think they've been there's been no news. Yep, like no since news. Man. nothing, yeah, nothing like. Four writers and a director is all we know, yeah. and I just you know I'm worried that you know it's in uh, you know production hell. Like yeah, but I don't know because I mean they keep pimping it out like at comic book shows. Like if Legendary well, is there, they'll be like have this they giant just ring thing, like Godzilla. Bell. But then you like don't hear like don't show anything. They don't talk about. It. They just say Godzilla's coming, yeah. and then that's it. You know, and you're like. So what is actually going on? And nobody will comment on it, but they'll be like, don't worry, it's coming. Yeah. But then that's all you, the extent of it you'll get. I kind of actually have more hope in Toho putting out another Godzilla film over Legendary actually getting their act together and putting this movie out. But, I mean, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see where they take it, what kind of direction they go with it. If it's just another Hollywood blockbuster and they have a CG monster smashing over buildings or if they're actually going to have you know, the Godzilla-esque creature with another giant monster coming out and how they're going to do it and stuff. It'll be interesting to see, but, yeah. I mean, I would rather see another d- a guy in a rubber suit because that's what I always... I grew up on watching those things and, and the Ultraman stuff yeah. and, and everything, and I love seeing that, and so I would much rather see that. But it's interesting to see where they might go with it. Yeah. Now, actually, you brought up Ultraman, uh, and so I, I just have to say, like, the newest... Godzilla, or the newest Ultraman films to come out. Um, I I can't stand the way that everything is green screen. It's like you know, and Sky Captain in the in the oh, world. I am Sky Captain in yeah, the something. Like yes, that. I know. I know where you're going with that, I, and I understand. It's like the uh, the sucker punch. Yeah, oh, yeah, every single thing. If it's not the guy in the suit, is either computer animated or. Like uh, transferred in, you know, behind them on like a blue screen or green screen or whatever. And honestly, like I still love, like I'm a big Japanese cinema fan, and I love all Japanese cinema. I'm like a really big fan of it, not just the kaiju and stuff like that, but and I really do like the new Ultraman stuff. But I know where people are coming from, where they don't like it because of that exact reason is because it is very. It's it's not traditional. Like if even if you watch the Ultraman movies from the '90s, they are still very traditional. Where, I mean, you can watch the that Power Rangers Samurai Squad, and they're just guys in rubber suits smashing up models. And these yeah. are brand new TV shows, so I can understand where a lot of fans are very upset with the new Ultraman direction. You know, with it's a lot of green screening and computer animation and everything. But I still appreciate it just because I'm a sucker for Japanese cinemas. Yeah, yeah. and I can appreciate what they're doing. I, I, I really understand they're doing it, uh, you know, 
so that they can have cooler effects and cooler sets and not have to physically build them. Yeah. But like, oh my God, if they actually tried to do that with a Godzilla film, it would be terrible. It would be yeah. horrible. It would be terrible. Yeah. But a CGI, I think a CGI Godzilla could work if it was, you know, motion capture. Yeah. Done and I'm, way. yeah, I'm just, I'm interested to, you know, cause there, there are limitations on, you know, how a suit can move. And I just, I, I'd be interesting to, to see how they could, animate Godzilla he's got freedom to move however they want him to move and I you know I think that would be something that we haven't seen before yeah. that you know a rubber suit as much as I love rubber suits yeah. I, I yeah. never want to see that go away no, never. but I just want to I want to see what a really well done CGI Godzilla how he can move okay. that would be incredible that's good I mean that's a really good point I now have a kind of a question for both of you what did you think of Big Man Japan because that was all <laughs> computer animated kaiju up until the very end of the movie, which in my opinion is the only good part of the movie, is the rubber suited stuff. <laughs> what did you guys think of I mean, they had the CG monsters and there was more freedom now for them to do, like, what was your take on, on the CG stuff and that? Yeah. Uh, I I liked it, Yeah. and I almost, like, the CGI monster stuff, I don't know, I almost wouldn't consider it a monster, like, I don't know what they were going for. I don't think they were going for monster fights, I think they were just trying to, you know, this sad Japanese guy you know make fun and poke fun out of him mm-hmm. um, but I think it would have helped if the CGI looked better yeah okay yeah they yeah. they they came up with some really like weird designs but then they didn't really do a whole lot yeah with it but I like that movie the end is the end is, is great <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah uh, the one that I watched the end wasn't subtitled at all oh, I was just really? like what is going on here? Yeah. I mean, it was hilarious, and yeah. I was like, I was like, is this the weird blurring of like reality and fiction and television and real life? Like that, it didn't make sense to me. But you know, the more I thought about it, the the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the the monster battles, though, in in the main chunk of that movie, though, I thought it was a it, they did an okay job, mm-hmm. and I, I think they probably did the best that they could do for that budget film. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it didn't. None of the battles made me feel like, oh, sweet, you know, this is going to be yeah, rad. Yeah. It, it seemed so much, you know, more like parody and yeah. you know, it was, you know, it was, you know satirical sort of comedy going on. So I guess it. if if Godzilla the new the legendary one, if they go one hundred percent serious and they have a bigger budget to make Godzilla look better, essentially, then it could a better looking well, movie and know. we would all enjoy it more for sure yeah so i mean i understand where you guys where you guys are coming from so yeah i'd like i'd love to see a cgi godzilla that is made to sort of live somewhere in between what looks like a full cgi creature like something that they, they could never really make a suit of yeah and and like in between that and an actual godzilla suit something that it you know I don't want them to make an exact CGI replica of the Godzilla suit and mm-hmm. have that be what's on screen. I'd like for there to be sort of like this happy medium. Yeah. So it still looks good. It still looks like it could be a realistic somewhat creature, but have it, it needs to retain its Godzilla-ness. And I think yes. a lot of people really identify with the rubber suit, even, even if they, I think a lot of people, even if they, think oh that's stupid like but they, you know, they will they'll it. recognize yeah. Yeah. it and and identify with it and appreciate the fact that they're um they're th- kind of throwing back to the c- the suit version you know the rubber suited version like um if you watch the behind the scenes stuff for attack of the attack of the clones yes like episode two star wars yeah um 
Rob Coleman, who's uh, working with all the CGI guys, he's he made his entire team sit there and watch um, episode uh, five, Empire Strikes Back, right. over and over again for the scenes with Yoda, just to be like, so that they could sit there and watch what the puppet looked like. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I, I think it would be behoove the people working on the legendary pictures Godzilla to sort of do that to really study like what makes uh, what makes Godzilla's you know suit work for for it being a monster yes and the thing about it is like what I found failed with the like the American Godzilla was they like the the Godzilla costume when a a guy is in the costume it's literally a man in the suit you can see it's walking yeah he's walking on two legs he is a, a bipedal like the dragon whereas in the the american one they tried to make it more like a lizard where he's on all fours and i'm like you're you're changing it too much so it's almost unrecognizable as where if legendary does it right they literally can take it where it's like like you're saying you can throw back to that you don't have to necessarily make it a cg replica but you can throw back so it's like a two-legged dinosaur almost you know like from what they were trying to go for with the guy in the suit so yeah for sure uh yeah so that's what i got with that (laughs) (laughs) well we're at uh we're just about at a half an hour you guys okay so i think we're gonna wrap up yeah you should definitely plug if anything you has to you guys want to promote let me know just throw it in there Okay, so I do a podcast in Calgary, Alberta. We do a comic book podcast every week, and we are called the Fanboy Power Hour. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Fanboy Power Hour. Uh, iTunes, just search the Fanboy Power Hour. Uh, we have the blog spot. Just uh, I think it's the, the Fanboy Power Hour. Yeah, blogspot.com and then uh, I'll make sure to put show, uh, links yeah, in the yeah, show notes. Links in the that. show notes. And uh, you can email us, you know, questions or comments or whatever and you know if you find us on on uh, itunes make sure to leave comments because it helps us and and the kaiju cast make sure you leave comments too if you guys liked what we were doing here in emerald makes leave some comments and reviews and everything because it helps it always helps with podcasts to like when you because when you're going up against a lot of like especially for comic books or geek culture you go up against a lot of the similar kind of podcasts and and if you guys hear it and you listen to it and then you comment and and uh, rate it and you give it, it it doesn't even have to be a good rating just a rating right I mean, right it, it puts us above kind of the other ones and then it helps us find new listeners and stuff so right on what about you andy um what to plug i, I don't have a podcast uh you can find me uh twitter i'm uh mecca blogzilla uh, it's spelt exactly how you'd think it'd be spelt um and i have a blog i don't use it much i'm still trying to find you know what I want to say something about Godzilla that hasn't been said before which is work really in progress hard. I see work yeah, in progress so I think my last post was November maybe uh, <laughs> and that's uh, terror of mecha blogzilla dot blogspot dot com very cool very cool well guys again thank you so much for coming out to the listener party thank you for having us that was awesome this was great I mean this is definitely one of the highlights of my show like I came all the way from a different country and to hang out with you guys and meet you and I mean I'm a dedicated listener of the podcast so to be to come out here and be recorded and be able, like this was great it's just yeah. such a nice experience yeah so. i was sort of waffling oh do i want to go to uh, oh oh they're gonna be a kaiju cast listener party oh i'm going sweet <laughs> <Yeah>. sweet <laughs> all right cool well uh we'll talk to you guys soon yes all right, thank you thank very you. much this is united nations reporter eric carter with the news
The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So we don't have a lot of news to cover this month. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that the Gamera 3 replacement discs, uh, or the replacement disc DVD Blu-ray, has arrived at my house. And what ended up happening, because um, I think, you know, Jeff, when we were heading up to Seattle, I was like, hey, I just sent off my Gamera 3 DVD cover art so i should be expecting it any time now so we're talking about you know like a couple of months of, yeah. of waiting time yeah because that was february yeah and so what ended up happening there was the company mill creek entertainment they um they shipped out some subtitled problem dvds so there were already subtitled problems and the blu-rays and I, i'm just gonna say blu-rays blu-rays went out and people were like yay oh wait a minute there are still issues here. There's a new problem? There, was a, there was a new problem, yes. Okay. So I think it was sometimes on, I think, some of the extra features, the subtitles got, like, absolutely huge for yeah. no reason. Like, taking up, uh, taking up like, half the screen and stuff like that. Why are they all yelling at me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the equivalent of internet yelling. Uh, and so they fixed that, and that's what I received just before Emerald City. So if you sent your stuff off... Um, Keep an eye out for the disc, which hopefully should arrive soon at your house. And if you already received a defective secondary version of your disc, I guess you can also uh, contact them. Or there, there's going to be a link in the show notes on the uh, to an article on SciFiJapan.com that'll tell you what to do in case uh, in case you do have faulty version two. <laughs> well, at least kudos to Mill Creek for going back and again, know, yeah, absolutely re- replacing these. As hilarious as it is from, you know, from a fan standpoint, at least they're doing it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. well done, Mill Creek Entertainment. Hopefully we'll see the Daimajin series soon. Yeah, and hopefully it won't happen again. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then uh, the next item on the list is just a sort of reminder um, and some news that we haven't talked about. IDW, uh, which we have talked about this one, IDW is releasing a brand new Godzilla comic which is sort of a relaunching of um of uh the godzilla kingdom of monsters it's just going to be called godzilla that's coming out in may uh hopefully we'll get a review copy and be able to write a review on that and there's also another one coming out this information came out uh the same weekend of the emerald city comic con james stoko uh who's i guess an artist and writer is going to be doing a comic called godzilla half century war which actually looks phenomenal it's a great title and uh i'm not exactly sure when that one comes out i want to say june but is there's that, a link in the show notes to there'll be a link in the show is notes that just that. A, a miniseries uh yes yeah that is a miniseries who, who's he doing that book with kyle i what do you mean what no no that's not him that's oh, uh, oh. that's just james stoko Hey, uh, thanks, thanks, Heather. But the first, <laughs> fine. Set Dwayne, Dwayne Swazinski. Dwayne Swazinski, I think is how you say that name. That's it's, right. Uh, he's going to be doing the Godzilla title. Hilarious. Because I'm a terrible person. Mean, mean, mean. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but maybe not. Uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland is doing another all kaiju issue. Going to be number two sixty two. That'll be released in June. Uh, cover art by Bob Eggleton, the illustrious Bob Eggleton, with Gamera fighting Godzilla. And it's pretty cool looking. Woo. Sweet. Um, last uh, 
Let, well, not last. I guess I've got uh, two more items here. One, I got my X Plus Manda figure in, and he's gorgeous. And you posted pictures, right? On... I posted pictures on the Facebook page. Actually, you know what? The length of this guy, he's sort of like, looks like I could put him in my lap like a cat and be an evil James Bond villain. That's right. And uh, But he's huge. I mean, this thing is like, um, I'd say what? That's got to be like almost two feet long Yeah. from the... If I put the, if he was able to balance on his tail, the tip of his tail, and that's not even the full length of the actual thing, because he's curled around like right. sort of like a question mark at the top. Yeah, he's probably like a good, nearly three feet, two and a half feet. Big long box, and uh, this is I think this is the first X Plus figure I've gotten in this series because the box art was really cool looking. The other box art for the other two, uh, three figures I've gotten has been a different series, and it was kind of plain, still it's, cool looking, but you know. It's wonderf- awesome. wonderfully detailed. Yeah. Looks awesome. Yeah. And he's sort of like roaring up at something. Right now he's roaring up at me, uh, which is intimidating, but I like it he and wants, it's good. He wants to sit on your lap. Could they, <laughs> yeah. could they face off against each other, you, you know, think? The, so the funny thing is I've got this... Uh, my, Manda, Manda is you know one of my favorite monsters, and so I've got... Um, I've got several renditions of him here in the Kaiju Cast HQ. One of which is was my Holy Grail item for a long time. Uh, this model kit in the case here is the Kyoto Manda kit from 1984. And the reason I like him so much is because he does that whole like curl up on himself, and it's he's very compact. Actually, I think these guys are the same size. I took a picture of them together, and their heads are about the same, the same size. So. That one might be the same length, just kind of curled up around itself. Maybe not. Not sure. But uh, they could face off against each other. I was going to say, I wonder if he would fit inside the coil of... Well, I have I have actually wrapped this guy around the Atragon, the big, <laughs> this one up here from uh, Aoshima, mm-hmm. the, the one that turns on and has the drill that, that turns and stuff. Nice. And it sort of works... But it doesn't. It actually doesn't doesn't uh, fit anywhere on my shelves that I can you know easily place it. So uh, right now he's sitting on the desk in front of me. So I remember to talk about him. But he was sitting in front of the windowsill, which nobody here knows what I'm talking about. Uh, listening to the podcast, at least everybody here we're, in front of right, me knows what I'm talking we're about. We're all fascinated. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, so anyway, let's move on uh, to the last item in my news section, which was um, I was on Court and Fat Boy the other day, uh, the Friday the 13th episode of this month we talked about the upcoming uh king kong versus godzilla screening and um i thought that was all we were going to talk about for for me but we ended up talking a lot about godzilla and godzilla movies and stuff kind of a it's almost more like a primer for for people who don't know that much about the about the genre so it was a lot of fun being on that show and thank you guys uh, to have for having me on there i really appreciated it um let's move on to local events as always, uh, all these things come from geekportland.com. So make sure you check out geekportland.com if you're in town or if you're visiting town and you just want to see what's going on. Uh, be jealous of what all the cool things we do here uh, and all that good stuff. That's that's where I get most of this information. Uh, let's start off with the 16th Political Science Theater at the Hollywood Theater at 730. Uh, Court and Fatboy actually talked about this. It's sort of going to be like uh, embarrassing news clips that they're going to make fun of live. Kind of like Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, awesome. it sounds yeah. fun. Uh, that's at 7.30 at the Hollywood Theater. The next day, the 17th, Geek Trivia, as always. We're going to be rocking the uh, the team. 
I'm really bummed that I missed out. The one thing we didn't say, we didn't talk about for Emerald City was that I got uh, super, super sick afterwards. I got the con crud, the West nerd virus, whatever you want to call it. I I had it bad. (laughs) Uh, And so that's at 7 p.m. at the uh, Kennedy School, and you need to get there early. You could get there. Six o'clock. Let's say six (laughs) o'clock. Six o'clock is about when you want to get there. Uh, And uh, it's a lot of fun. The same night, same which is night, not up on the board, which we were talking, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, at the Someday Lounge, uh, they're going to have their Someday Incubator show, and Aaron Duran from the Geek in the City and some of the Geek in the City crew and those people will be doing a live recording of the brand new episode radio drama, Adventures of the Crimson Mist, which yeah. is <laughs> super exciting, very very exciting, but except that it's on. Right. Key trivia night. Which and the reason that it's you know it's also very relevant to us is because the name of the episode is Red, White, and Kaiju. Yes, and we. I'm not sure what's happening there. We might be involved somehow. <laughs> I don't know what's going on yet. Surprise! I better I better email him or something. Um, uh, next up, what does that say? Jeff's microphone stand is in the way. On the twentieth, uh, Chicks Dig 20th, Comic Book. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bridge City Comics is having a signing for Chicks Dig Comics, uh, their release party. That's going to be at six p.m. Bridge City Comics uh, of uh, Mississippi, and the twenty-second, uh, the Portland Pin Brawl is happening at the Ground Control. Starts at ten a.m. That's that a name Sunday. Is clever. It is. It is. It's a. Uh, it looks to be awesome. It's free if you want to just go watch, and I think there's a twenty-dollar entrance fee. There's a big, big prizes at stake. That would be a waste of twenty dollars for me. I, am terrible <laughs> at I may as well just roll it up and cram it in the machine. Yeah. Like when just, I'm playing pinball like, yeah. and the ball goes straight down the middle of the of the um, playboard or whatever that's right. called, and you're the like, guys, field, I got a goal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you son of. <laughs> that, that happens to me every time. Right? Yeah, that's, just wait, about. that's not how you're supposed to play. <laughs> so that's on the 22nd, 10 a.m. at Ground Control. Like I said, that's a Sunday. And that brings us to our very next thing, which we can talk a little bit more about on April 24th at the Hollywood Theater at 7.30 p.m. King Kong versus Godzilla uh, is going to be showing. And I'm excited. And what ended up happening with this is I emailed Dan uh, Halstead of the Hollywood Theater. And I was like, hey, dude, uh, this is the 50th anniversary of uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Are you interested in showing it? And he's like, oh, I'm going to be showing it. And it's at uh, this time in the state. And then we t- started talking about it. And I was like, okay, well, I can provide you with some uh, some stuff, some materials, some actual print materials. I might actually be taking that King Kong versus Godzilla poster down there along with an American one as well. And um, uh, in addition to all that, they're going to be showing some monster trailers. Awesome. And... Um, also, I'm going to be standing up and saying a few words before the before the movie. Going to be standing up and saying, this movie is cool. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm sure I'm going to be really nervous because uh, Dan thinks it's going to sell out. So I'm going to be basically be talking in front of an entire theater full of people. Uh, and you'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be fine. Be I just got to, you know, take a couple of shots beforehand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, I'm I'm having an issue right now of like, narrowing down what i want to say because i'm sure i only really want to talk for a few minutes before the movie starts because i don't want people to be bored you'll bring out your folder of like and start reading flashcards man flashcards little essay you wrote this is people it's only 17 pages don't worry about it 
Thank you all for coming to King Kong vs. Godzilla. So I say, if you can talk about all the Godzilla movies in an hour-long panel, yeah. was it? I think you can handle it. Webster's this. Dictionary defines monstrous <laughs> as... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it should be a lot of fun. If you're a local person, make sure you or you're in the near the area and you can get to it. Um, and you want to see one of the most fun Godzilla films, and actually one of the only actual comedy Godzilla yeah. films ever made um, on the big screen. This is a fantastic opportunity for you, Hollywood Theater. Uh, what else can I say? Just just what, come to what it. What time? What time is it at again? Seven thirty. Okay. Seven thirty on April twenty fourth. That's a Tuesday. Uh, we should probably move on. Yeah. <laughs> on the 26th, Comics Underground comes back. Yay! Hey. That's going to be at the Jack London Bar at 8 p.m. Uh, this is a busy, busy two weeks, you guys. Uh, and then... I don't see any slowing the down. The 28th and the 29th is the Stumptown Comics Fest. And I got to talk to you guys about this after we record as well. But the Stumptown Comics Fest is a local independent comic book festival. And it's filled with people who actually create the comics. They don't have anybody else there that that does not create comic books. And they've got some really great guests this year. Stan Sakai is going to be there. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Uh, Additionally, there's going to be um, some podcast stuff happening there with uh, Stumptown Radio. And uh, more to come about that. Make sure you check out Stumptown Comics Festival's... Hey, this is the first time I've had to like really mess up a word. So that's pretty good. The Stumptown Comics Fest website will be linked to in the show notes where you can check it out. Also, um, last thing I want to mention is that on the 28th, uh, Geek Lesk Saves the World, I think it's what it's called, is going to be happening that night. And um, yes. Geek Lesk is always awesome. So yes. make sure you check that out, too. Woo-hoo! Okay, that's about enough out of me. What do you guys think? We can wrap this up? I agree. I think so. Okay, so... Um, if you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com and uh, learn everything there is to learn about Godzilla and what we talk about. Because, you know, it's an awesome website. It looks really cool. I built it. Um, also, if you don't know how to spell KaijuCast for some reason, you could just type in Godzilla Podcast into Google. It comes up as the first result. Thanks for the congratulations, you guys. That was nice. Congratulations, <laughs> Kyle. It's just like looking at my co-hosts and so like they're I'm, tired of being I'm here, s- obviously. I'm sleepy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, what else? Uh, we're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash KaijuCast. We're on Twitter. Twitter.com slash KaijuCast. If you're already on Twitter, you can you can at us at KaijuCast. Uh, Jeff Dean here is also part of Horror Holocaust Radio. They're on Twitter and on... Are you on Facebook? Are you guys recording anytime soon? We're on Facebook. Okay. Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon? Okay. We're on hiatus. But you can go to their website, which is horrorholocaustradio.com? Correct. Okay. And then Heather is on Twitter, at Joker's Girl. I am. And uh, also, you can find her talking about cool stuff there on the Twitter. Sometimes, at least. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, we've got uh, we got to wrap this up. Um, so, okay. So, we're going to do this live. We're going to do it live. Uh, Heather and Justin... We need to decide on a monster because we're going to Justin. play. I did. You know what? I did that earlier too because of the Heather and Justin thing. And your name starts Justin with J. J. It's very yep. similar. I'm sorry, Heather and Jeff. Jeff. I apologize to Justin too, who's not here. Um, but Heather and Jeff, we need to come up with a monster. Any monster, I think, from the, the main cadre of, uh, of guys. We're going to play. The last thing we're going to do is play the uh, Godzilla Unleashed 
song of that film of that monster the theme as it were so i know jeff probably just wants to choose mothra no I, i'm gonna go outside the box oh my god okay this time. you want me to go uh yeah who you want how about i will take biolante Ooh, biolante okay what about you heather we can do 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 <laughs> so many choices there are so there's too many choices actually technically you have uh 25 choices but but it doesn't matter because I mean if you want to hear Biolante we could just play that. Let's just do that. Okay, let's just do that. So we're gonna play Biolante, and this is um, oh man, I'm terrible. I'm really terrible because I can't remember who made this. Oh, oh there it is. Heavy Melody Music did these, and uh, we'll be back later on this month with the Daikaiju discussion episode for King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, if you want to get that in, you got to make sure to send that to me before the 23rd. Okay. So, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hear back from you guys about that. And until next time, Jamata.